Hello everyone and welcome to episode 282 of the Ask the Coach show where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. In today's show, we'll talk about the World Championships, we'll have our regular segments on this day, tip of the week, drill of the week, and of course, answer your table tennis questions. Plus, we have a special joke of the week. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Supercoach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Uh, Thank you, Jeff, and uh, welcome uh, to our listeners. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's good to be back. We've had a little bit of a break from the Ask the Coach show, Alois. We've been uh, busy with a lot of website redesign and um, some filming of the building blocks of table tennis video, which has proved pretty popular. But it's good to be back answering your questions. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, so you've uh, you've done a lot of work on the website over the last couple of months, and uh, hopefully all of uh, the ping skillers out there. Are, are enjoying the the look of the new site. The other thing we uh, have done recently is we've just started a live stream for our premium members. So we uh, started the first of those yesterday as well. Yeah, indeed. Just a chance to uh, engage with the premium members and uh, a bit of personalised touch for them. So hopefully they enjoy that too. Yes, certainly. Now, um, Alloys, this is a segment that everybody loves on this show on this day. What do you have for us uh, this week? Well, actually, Jeff, I've been trawling through and um, the 30th of May is probably the most boring day ever. There's nothing. Oh, come on. It can't be that bad, can it? Well, well, I don't know. I mean, guys, if you can have a look through and have a look for the 30th of May, I, I, I find nothing. You know, nothing. Jo- oh, dear. Um, I mean, jo- you know what, Alois? I think maybe, you know... Even though it is a popular segment, it sort of has been declining. It it might be time back to, to bring back the numbers segment. Uh, no, no, <laughs> definitely right. not. Well, how about we move on to the joke of the week? Because I think that's always pretty funny. Um, oh, if we have to. <laughs> oh, it's a good one today. You ready for it? Uh, uh, always. All right. And now if you're listening to this in your car, just be careful that you don't laugh too hard and, you know, crash. All right. <laughs> or fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty short. So you hopefully you won't fall asleep. Here it goes. A man walks into a bookshop and says, I hope you don't have a book on reverse psychology. Takes a bit of time to process, but yeah. <laughs> Nothing, just silence. I can't believe it. I need some sound effects because I'm sure if as soon as I said that joke, I added some laughter, that would make it funnier for people in the car. I'm going to try that next week. I'm going to add some laughter. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go back, edit this video, do the joke, this, this video, this audio, do the joke a second time with laughter and see if people laugh then. I reckon you could do it another 10 times, Jeff. <laughs> and people still wouldn't laugh? Uh, probably not. Okay, all right. Well, maybe I just need a better joke. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to some table tennis stuff, Alois. Let's talk about the tip of the week. What have you got for our listeners? Yes, so I think uh, today one of the things we can talk about is just how you plan your week of training. So we, we've talked previously about, you know, planning your year and and, um, and working out what you're going to do. But I think, you know, week to week it's important just that you just review what you're doing, um, set up your week of training and, 
just set in place the things that you're going to do. So it can be um, as simple as starting to think about the um, uh, who you're going to train with, when you're going to train, uh, where you're going to train, but then also what you're going to do in each of those sessions and what your focus is going to be for the week. And it might be um, uh, that you'll look back at the previous week and just think about, you know, what you've uh, what you've done. You know, you might have had a match in the previous week where you can uh, draw upon some ideas of uh, what you want to practice. Or it might just be that, you know, it is part of your overall plan and, um and you need to work out okay, where you want to head to in the next eight or ten weeks because you've got a major event coming up. Yeah, I think it is important, isn't it? Um, because, yeah, you, if you have this yearly plan, still week to week, what are you going to work on? And um, like, like you said, maybe you pick up something during the week where you found a weakness and you want to work on it. So you need to balance that out also with your long-term plan and make sure you're not just focusing on something that just happened this week so that you are developing your game long-term. That's right. It's always that, that, that little balance. But I think, you know, at the start of the week, it's always good to just sit down and have a good think about uh, what you are going to do and what you're, trying to, what you're aiming for um, in that week. Awesome advice. All right. So um, this week, everyone, sit down and just get a bit of a pen and paper if you're old-fashioned or if you're with the new age, jump onto the computer and just type out a bit of a weekly plan. What things do you want to work on this week? Good stuff, Alois. All right. Uh, now let's move on to the drill of the week. Um, now, before we do this week's drill of the week, Alois, um, the last podcast, which was quite a while ago, um, the drill of a week was... Don't move during a rally. Now, what was the point of that and what could people learn from that drill? Yeah, so hopefully uh, quite a few of you tried that out and, um, and, and got, some, got some good feedback from it. So I think one of, the, one of the important things is that by not moving, you can actually see or find a good base that you're starting from. So if you're... Your, st- your stance is quite good, so nice and wide, you would have found that you would have been able to cover a lot of the table um, without having to move your feet. If your stance is narrow, then you would have to do a lot of moving and you, w- you just wouldn't be able to reach those wider balls. So so hopefully you got to the, the stage where you, you were planting your feet really, really quite wide so that then you could um, just utilise your base to, to sway from side to side and cover a whole a lot of the table. Um, the other thing is it'll help you to just get down a little bit lower as well uh, when you're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is important, isn't it? Like, And we have a video on this. I think it's called The Basic Stand, so I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but a real easy way to tell a beginner from someone who's played a lot is their stance. The beginners tend to stand, you know, quite upright, and people who've played a bit longer, you know, eventually learn that, you know, this wide stance where you're balanced is much better and also allows you to, yeah, to react to balls uh, that are slightly out of position much more easily. Excellent. All right. Now, so what is the drill of the week this week then, Alois? Yeah, so this week we're going to focus on our serving. Um, yeah, we, we talk about serving quite a lot, um, but we're going to focus on just um, our placement with our serving today and just starting to put some targets on the table. So I think what you need to do is think about 
do you want to practice your short serve? Or do you want to practice your long, fast serve? Do you want to practice that um, the half long serve? And then put some targets on the table and and see how how good you are at hitting those targets. Um, vary it around a little bit. So move it from uh, forehand to backhand. Move it wide if you need to. Move it into the corners if you're looking for the long, fast serve. But just that placement with a serve um, can make a big difference. So you know you can serve you can serve a good serve to the wrong spot and uh, it can come back at you pretty fast, or you can serve that same serve to a better spot and uh, it can be a winner. So let's think about where you're going to place your serve with um, with serving practice this week. Yeah, and it's amazing how just putting a target on the table can actually focus your efforts. Um, and make your, your serving practice more effective. Um, so, yeah, definitely do that. And, you know, as part of the tip of the week, when you're planning your week of training, write down some of this service practice as, as something you want to work on and give that a go using the targets. Yeah. And so service practice, you can also extend it to having someone stand at the other end of the table, uh, which might make it a little bit more interesting or a little bit more challenging for you um, and get them to return the ball to you. But, you know, still have that, that focus on on your serve and what you're doing with your service. Awesome. Sounds good. Now, Alloys, for the tournament wrap, um, it's pretty obvious what we should be talking about because the World Championships have started. Yeah, they certainly have, and the, uh, the qualifications have started uh, today. Um, so... Uh, there's, uh, there's already some, some matches happening. So the World Championships are in Dusseldorf in Germany. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be going to be another exciting event. Um, all the big names are there. Um, we'll have a look at the seedings lists. Um, if you, um, with the men's singles, top four seeds, Ma Long, Fan Zendong, Zhu Zin and Zhang Zhiku. And with uh, Ovcharov thrown in there at number five, Jun Mizutani, six, um, so, um, yeah, so good field. The other interesting one, I think, is Timo Boll is in there. Uh, German crowd, you know, is this his last World Championships? Will this be his last hurrah um, on uh, on home soil? Um, would be Will be really interesting to see how, uh, how that pans out. Yeah, certainly will. I mean, with China dominating the top four seeds, certainly makes it hard for someone else because if the Chinese get through to where they're seated, it means to win the tournament, you're going to have to beat three of those Chinese. You're going to have to beat them in the uh, quarterfinal, the semifinal, and the final. Yeah, and we do talk about this being a, a harder event to win than the, than the Olympics because there are um, more of the top players involved. You know, having, having the four Chinese there compared to two um, at the Olympics makes, makes a huge difference. It certainly does. Yeah, and in the women's singles, um, so once again, China dominating the seedings, but Feng Wei is in there at number four, uh, breaking up the combination of Ding Ning at one, Liu Xi Wen at two, Zhu Yuling at three, and Chen Meng at five. So, uh, so and then, of course, there's our favourites, the, the Japanese players. Um, so we've got Ishikawa at six, we've got Miu Hirano at eight, and then we've got Mima Ito and Hitomi Sato um, at nine. So... Both of them tied at nine. So, um, yeah, so strong Japanese contingent, not uh, not ahead of any of the Chinese, but 
you know, they're, they're coming in a wave, and um, and one day I think they're going to just break through. Is this is this Muhirano's opportunity? She did win the World Cup, um, so at the end of last year, you know, can she break through on on this bigger stage? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, Alois, the World Championships being such a big event, we thought we would hold a competition about this because everyone loves the World Championships. So tell us a bit about the competition. Yeah, so uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to get you to try and pick the winners of the five events. So there's five events being contested, the men's singles, women's singles, men's doubles, women's doubles, and the mixed doubles. So your challenge is to pick the winners of all of those five events. So... You'll, uh, we'll put a link on uh, the show notes of where you can go and see the draws. Make sure you have a, have a look at the, the draws of the events uh, to see who's entered, especially in the in the doubles events. You'll need to see who's paired up with each other um, in those events to pick the winners. So you need to try and pick the five winners of the five events. Mm, sounds difficult, Alloys. It's going to be pretty difficult, and if you can do that, I think you're going to be uh, well on the way to being a uh, table tennis guru. Awesome, yeah. So um, basically, what we'll do is we'll put up um, a we'll put up something on our Facebook page, and that's where you can enter. So you leave a comment on the Facebook page, share it with your friends, and then we will see who has the most correct. And if if more than one person gets five correct, um, we will uh, we'll put them into a hat. Um, uh, and yeah. there's only one entry per person, so we're going to take your first entry. Um, yeah. And what's the prize going to be, Alloys? Yep. So it's the bat of your choice from the Ping Skills website. So you can go go onto the website and uh, and select the bat that you want. And we'll we'll contact you. Uh, we'll contact the winner, and then uh, you can select that. Once you've, uh, once we've contacted you, so okay. Now, obviously, Alloys, we can't wait till the competition's over to enter because we'll know all the five winners. So, uh, what's the deadline for entry? Well, um, you can just enter when you when you like, but I think um, we will close it off on the second of June at ten a.m. Uh, Dusseldorf time, which is eight a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. So it's the second of June. Okay, so ten AM German long. time, and that is before yep. the women's quarterfinal match, is it? Uh, yeah, let me just have a quick look at that. So, yeah, it's before the the round four of the women's singles. Okay, um, it's before and, round four of the women's singles. Make sure yeah. you entered before that time. Yeah, and before the uh, quarterfinals of the men's and women's doubles, and uh, it'll be semi-final. They'll be up to the semis in the mixed doubles. So, um, yeah. All right, this is exciting, Alloy. So, yeah, get online, uh, check out the events, pick your winners of the five events, put a, put your comment on our Facebook post and share it with your friends to go into the draw before that time. And you right. could win a Ping Skills bat, for any, uh, one bat off, the, off our website. Awesome. Sounds, sounds, sounds exciting and hope, um, hope that uh, you out there are the winner. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, you know, I think 
I'm not sure, Alice, but I reckon that the, you couldn't go too far wrong going with Marlong in the men's singles and uh, Ding Ning in the women's singles. The doubles, they're really tough, I think. Yeah, they are. We've got no but, recommendations you know, for you there. You're going to have to go with whatever you feel. Yeah, but Ding, Lucy Wen will be pretty pumped to uh, to knock off Ding Ning, uh, given the last World Singles Championship where she lost in the seventh game. Bit controversial. Ding Ning went down with an injury in the middle of the seventh game and then got up, hobbled and uh, and uh, won the match. And, I, and my feeling is that Lucy Wen was not convinced that Ding Ning was that injured. Mm, yeah, it did seem a bit controversial, didn't it? Yeah, so uh, so don't write off Lucy Wench. No, was... yeah. And as we said, you know, in Germany, who knows? Maybe Bowl or Ovcharov can step up and take the title. That would be uh, that would be amazing in front of their home crowd. Indeed. And and is it is it the time for the Japanese to break through? Ooh, lots of questions and they'll all be answered shortly within the next week. So yeah. And now where can people watch all this exciting action, Alois? Yep, so the best way is to go to uh, the ITTV and we'll put a link up there for you. Um, so uh, it's through the ITTF website and they're streaming six tables. So um, so you've got plenty of opportunity to watch the best players in the world over the next week or so. That is fantastic. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, Alois, I think that brings us on to the questions, unless you've got anything else or are you ready to answer the questions? Um, uh, I, I am ready. Ready, yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. Um, so first up is a question from Purve, who has a question that we get asked quite a lot. He says, I have a backhand dominant game with a decent push and a devastating backhand wristy flick and smash. Although I have a fairly good forehand, I don't have confidence using it often in competition or even training. So consequently, I tend to stand more on the forehand side and try and play most shots with my backhand. And this worked well for him in the lower division, but now he's getting higher up. They're giving him deep backspin serves to his forehand, which most times he returns with his backhand, and then it's easy for them to loop into his backhand where he's not covering and they win the point. So can you suggest what he can do in this situation, Alois? Yeah, uh, so Pervez, it's really important now that you start to develop your backhand. You've start, you've felt it already. Uh, sorry, your forehand. You've felt it already that that they can expose you um, on the forehand side as you uh, move up the levels. The the first thing is to just alter your stance a little bit. So you, you're talking about standing over on the forehand side. You know, opening up the backhand for yourself. You need to move over to your left, um, assuming that you're a right-hander move a little bit more over to your left, open up the forehand side for yourself. Also, just turn your feet. So get your right foot back slightly. Again, that will open up the forehand for you. Um, It'll still allow you to play your backhand, especially if you've got good feel on the backhand side. You'll be able to adjust to that backhand side pretty easily. But alter the stance is the first thing. The second thing is in your training now, you need to start to to utilize your forehand um, more. So you won't be able to just jump into a match and and suddenly start being able to use your forehand. You're going to need to start to to do that in your training sessions. So with your training, practice getting your uh, training partner to to return the ball to your forehand 80% of the time um, and uh, practice opening with that forehand and utilizing your forehand um, a lot more. It's, It's really possible and... 
you've already seen the need for it now, Pervez, because of the um, uh, of uh, moving up the divisions. So now you need to start to uh, focus on that forehand side a bit more. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting how many of these backhand-dominated players do have their, or for a right hand, to have their right foot forward, and it, it just makes the forehand really difficult to play. So, I mean, that, that first step you said of, yeah, getting um, your right foot back a bit so you're more set up for a forehand, um, yeah, is a great first step. Awesome. All right, hopefully that helps you out, Pervez. All right, next question is from Tim. And he wants to know, what's the weakness with the shake hand grip? Is it the forehand or the backhand? Yeah, I think one of the strengths of the shake hand grip, as opposed to the pinhole grip, is that it's um, it allows you to play both sides uh, evenly and, and well. You know, we talked about in the previous question with Pervez, you know, setting your feet up. But you've got the ability to play both backhands and forehands equally as well if you're if you're set up. The, the the one um, the one thing that you need to think about with the shake hand grip more is just that middle position where you're switching or the crossover point between that forehand and backhand, and that's that's the awkward part for the shake hand player because you're changing sides of your racket. Um, but as far as the forehand or the backhand, okay, there's it's it's pretty even, and you can develop a good backhand, you can develop a good forehand, and you can develop both. With, uh, with the shake hand grip. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think that when, when you say that weakness is that middle point between the forehand and backhand, I, I think people should understand that is a weakness and target that more when they're playing against uh, shake hand players. I don't think people aim into that middle area as much as they should. So next time you're out on the table playing someone, try and aim for that middle area and see if you can cause them some problems there. I think you'll find it's it's really effective. Yeah, and that middle area means um, it's basically really into your armpit or into their armpit area. Um, so that's where they, they need to make that changeover between the forehand and backhand. So it's not in the middle of their body. So the middle of their body is their stomach, which is um, comfortable for a backhand. So it's a little bit more to uh, to their right from there, into their armpit, right in, under their right armpit. Yeah, excellent point. Excellent point. All right, so Tim, uh, hopefully that helps you out. And yeah, try attacking that middle area yourself. All right, next up is a question from Hey June. He says, hello, I've been playing table tennis for about two years and I'm having this problem doing the forehand loop drive that my body becomes upright after impact with the ball. Others have advised me to try and stay low and keep my upper body bent forward throughout my swing, but I can't seem to fix this bad habit. So what suggestions do you have for He June? Yeah, He June, it's um this is a really common one and it's one that um you need to spend a lot of time on just to get your get yourself used to staying low during the rally. Now, often often in training we try to stay low um, for a long time, and it really does hurt your legs. Remember, though, in a match situation that you you're only staying low for you know two or three seconds during the rally, and then you can uh, then you're standing up and walking around. So, in your in your training, really focus on those three or four seconds during the rally, staying nice and low. One simple way that you can uh, do this um, is just get some sort of feedback um, above your head. Um, of when you're standing up. So um, 
we uh, we we tend to use uh, you know you can get get a training partner or a friend just to stand behind you and put their bat um, just about um, just above your head when you're in a good low position. So then when you do start to stand up, you'll feel yourself touching your your uh, your head to the bat. Um, you can use something else. You can use something longer, like a um, a longer um, stick or a pole. Um, so they're a little bit further away. Make sure it's not, you know, spikes or something because that will hurt. Um, <laughs> but maybe it'll work too. Um, yes. But, uh, but yeah, just it's just some sort of feedback above your head so that every time that you do come up a little bit higher, you're feeling it and then you'll, you'll bob back down again. Um, there are also uh, things that you can get like um, there's straps that you can um, – have around your waist that attach to your ankles so they've got a bit of tension to them so that each time you're standing up a little bit you're feeling that tension and um uh yeah so they're like a rubberized strap that you can use as well yeah that sounds that sounds good i guess it's it's about that feedback isn't it so that you um realize when you're doing it so then you can make the adjustment Exactly, that's right, and and you don't need to use it for long. But just once you once you start to get that feedback and feel you, when you are going up higher, um, then you can make that adjustment a little bit easier. Yeah, and that that sounds like a good idea, um, and that'll work well. Now, if they don't have someone there to hold something above their heads, would I'm not sure if this would work or not, but would just maybe videotaping yourself just so you're aware of what you're doing could that help potentially? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, if you video yourself, then you can actually see when you're when you're going up higher, um, and that will definitely help as well. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, try try the first one if you can first, because you get that immediate feedback, and um, yeah, also try maybe filming yourself. Uh, yeah, hopefully, that, that helps. Yeah. And the other the other thing that does work sometimes um, is if you just imagine yourself in a really low room so you know imagine yourself you know creeping around in the with the with the ceiling just above your head um and and try to visualize that while you're playing the rally yeah good suggestion good suggestion awesome all right alois well um that wraps up show 282 it's uh good to be back uh thank you everyone for listening and as always, if you've got any questions, head over to pingskills.com and utilize the Ask the Coach section there. We love answering your table tennis questions. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeffrey. And, uh, and don't forget, if you, uh, if you are a, a premium member um, or if you join as a premium member, then you'll also be able to uh, check into our live streams where you'll be able to ask questions live um, on the show as well. So that'll give you a bit more immediate feedback. Absolutely. Sounds good. And um yeah, if you um if you if you thought Alois's on this day segment was a bit too boring, you want the number segment back also, let us know. Love that. Uh, no response. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thanks everyone. Have a great day and we will catch you soon. Bye. Bye.